0: yo 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 what is up welcome to riffs on tap episode number 42 uh i'm your host alejandro joined as always by riley and your boy brock who's finally back he's back he's definitely not dead you know well <laughs> maybe dead inside yeah, yeah. Inside. um but uh, how y'all doing this week
1: fucking great uh fantastic work hasn't let me uh, come in so i've basically had the entire week off nice uh, that's been fun catch up on sleep a lot of
0: sleep, yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Too much, probably. What are you, Ray? How's your week been?
2: Going great. And uh, for those of you that don't know, we were recording on a Thursday. Today's the start of the NFL draft. I'm so fucking excited.
0: Dude, it's yes. like football's back. It is. But it also feels like football was never gone either. So um, honestly, I'm going to be up with you guys. I'm not prepared for the NFL draft at all. Uh, I don't know who projected number one pick is I don't even know who has, who has the first pick first pick is the Jags, of uh, course not the Falcons Lions have the second and uh, there's a lot
1: of there's a lot of talk with the lions because the last time they've had a first
0: round second overall pick they got calvin Johnson and Adam Sie so that's a pretty yeah that's pretty impressive yeah But well, who do we have coming out this year like who who are your top prospects right now what what's going on?
2: Projected number one is Aiden Hutchinson from he's an edge rusher from the university of michigan so fuck him fuck michigan <laughs> uh Kayvon thibodeau is another big name out there another edge rusher uh quarterback wise it's a pretty weak class you'll there'll probably be two or three taken in the first round this year that don't deserve to be taken in the first round uh, as always uh running back it's a pretty strong class it's a, a good overall class i think there's at the top of the draft it's very strong so
1: Okay. There's a there's a strong talk for wide receivers as well. And the only reason I know that is because I'm specifically keeping up with the Chiefs' draft picks because we have to make a splash, and we have the 29th and 30th back to back. So one of them is projected to be a wide receiver, and so I'm very hopeful that we
0: snag a good one. Pat needs some more targets. I know uh, we he lost targets in the off season, um, and yeah, you're right. Need to pick up uh, pick up some more targets. Definitely. So he still has a lot of weapons. Uh, the Chiefs still um <laughs> No, the, the Chiefs still are in, are in a really good position, but it doesn't hurt to have more options. Definitely, and he's he's been good the past couple years at spreading uh spreading his
1: targets around. You know, obviously, but Hill was always his biggest target. Like, if you combine all the touchdowns that the Chiefs wide receivers have gotten over since he's taken over to Hill's, all of them combined are like less than half of Hill's touchdowns. Yeah. So that that speaks volumes right there. No,
0: it really does. Uh I didn't I didn't realize how crazy that was until you brought the statistic cuz in my mind I'm like, oh, Terry Kelly's fast, he's great, he's reliable, but hearing that it really um put it in perspective. Yeah.
1: And that's that's excluding Kelsey cuz that's just wide receiver specific, but
0: mm-hmm. you know. Uh I know for the Falcons um you know, we, we need uh we need a quarterback. We did lose Matt Ryan. Uh, we need a running back and a wide receiver and an offensive line and a defensive line and linebackers and backs and safeties and a coach. and yeah. <laughs> we, have a stadium, though. we have a great stadium, though. You have that a great stadium. A real great stadium.
2: Cheapest concession prices in the NFL. Very affordable, <laughs> you know. Very
0: affordable, and I appreciate that.
2: Kind of hope you guys pick my boy uh, Kyle Hamilton, safety, out of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a top 10 pick. It's just... Giants might get him with one of their two top ten picks. Jets might look at him. Hope he goes to the Falcons, so I have a reason to root for your team.
0: Oh, dude, yeah, we're we are we're setting ourselves up for last place in the division. it's uh, good though, because the more you
2: lose this year, the quarterback draft is class is looking great next year. <laughs> so if you get the
0: number one overall pick. Dude, I don't even know who the backup quarterback
2: is. I looked it up you when that
0: Ryan deal went, went on. You
2: guys signed Mariota, so that's going to be your starting quarterback this year.
0: I just, man, God. It, I really want a Baker, and, but the whole Cleveland Brown Baker and Deshaun Watson situation is so sticky and weird. I honestly have no idea what's going to happen there. I don't know if you guys have any insight or have seen anything.
2: My gut feeling is they're just going to fuck him over and... Hold on to him for this year, and then cut him next year when there's, I guess, less QB needy teams.
0: Man, that's just like, it's such a fuck situation. Like, I get Baker's going to get paid, he's going to make his money, but like, at the same time, like, you're potentially going to take away a year, arguably in or nearing his prime uh, away from him. And really, Deshaun Watson... Even when he's healthy, I don't know, man. I I'm not high on Deshaun Watson. I, I'm not a big fan. I'm not
2: high on him as a person, uh, but I uh, think <laughs> he's a good quarterback. He's better than Baker. I'm not a huge Baker fan either, mm-hmm. but I think Deshaun Watson's an upgrade for sure over him.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you were if you were looking at the things that he was doing before all this went down, he was doing a lot of good things out on the field. You know,
0: like, yeah. So, I guess we'll a good see. Quarterback. I guess we'll see. He has all the off the field stuff to deal with. Can he get it together on the field as well? Yeah. Can he put together 17 games? Um, We'll see. I guess we'll see. But like the Brown situation, I feel like they've been such a roller coaster the past couple of years. Oh, yeah. They've had some low lows and some high highs. It has been crazy to be a Browns fan.
2: Yeah, I mean, I get that as a Raiders fan, you know, I've been there now. We're hopefully going to hit our high. But you never know. I think just football in general right now is in a good spot. I don't think there's any. I guess the Rams are the only stacked team in the NFL. Uh, But they're beatable. I mean, the Bengals almost did it. Should have done it. But I think it's a good year for football.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good way to put it. It's a good way to put it. Um, What's it called? Uh, I do want to jump into some music stuff. What have y'all been listening to this week? Because I know for me personally, I've got a lot going on uh i'm curious to hear about y'all biggest thing that i had come out uh f- last friday was
2: uh, zach bryan something in the orange that's right fantastic fucking song uh he's just a great songwriter and i was on twitter uh, a lot of people were asking him you know how he writes his songs and he was like i write them as poems and i deal with the melodies later <laughs> i was like that's kind of an interesting uh tactic but it's worked he's fantastic
1: uh, for me, I've been, uh, I've jumped back to Charlie Crockett, a lot of his earlier stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I was like, okay, I'm familiar with everything that, re- you know, he's come out recently. I don't know anything about him from, like, his beginning, so I was listening to a lot of that. Uh, also, The Struts. Love Pick, The Struts. Yeah. Yeah. I was, one song came on by them, and I was like, you know, I really like them, but I don't think I have any other music by them, so I just went through all of them. John Bellion went, like, again, deep dove him, like. Just uh, no one necessarily like new or like any new music. It's just me deep diving people that I already listened to that I'm like I want to hear more from them. So
0: no, I always appreciate um doing that when you rediscover an artist when you go, dude, I totally forgot about such and such person, and then you start listening to all their music and it's like, wow, they're so good. Why did I stop listening to them?
2: I just did that with the Killers this week. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like I heard I heard Mr. Brightside, and I was like, dude, they have bangers. I listened to all the bangers, and I was like, fuck, there's so many of them. <laughs>
0: No, uh, do I do that? I do that quite often. I'll go through. Usually, one of the things that triggers it for me is either I heard one of their songs in a mix, in a DJ mix, or new music coming out, which there is a lot, which I'll talk about later. Uh, two artists tomorrow, though, that have albums coming out. We have Wheaton, which is a DJ I've been absolutely in love with. I feel like he—the best way to explain my love for Wheaton—is how riley and noah feel about noah khan where i feel like i like and retweet all of their stuff on on social media i always have to be up to date on what they're doing what's going on and like i'm always happy with any snippet of music i get from them that's probably my best way to explain my how i feel about weasen yeah um and then we have action bronson um, uh, so if you guys are familiar with Action Bronson, of um, yeah. uh, new album out tomorrow, I'm, ex- I'm always excited for new music cause you never know what he's going to do. Yeah. yeah. It could be his classic New York East coast shit, or it could be completely different. And there's just weird, just audio tracks of people talking and having a conversation like on blue chip 7,000. That was a weird album. Um, so he's, he's all over the place. So I listened to a lot of Action Bronson today, just going back and listening to some of the older stuff. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I love deep diving uh, back into to an older artist or it's fun, yeah, because it's uh, and
2: uh, it unlocks these core memories that you forgot you had. Yeah, and you get oh, to
0: re-fall in love with them. You know? Yeah, exactly. So. The one thing though, this week is, man, I can't remember exactly how it started, but I was listening to some newer artists and just trying to do some more music exploration within the EDM genre. And I found an artist that I've been kind of really enjoying is an artist named Subfocus. He makes a genre of music called drum and bass. So they use a lot of drum loops and it's fast paced and um, was really cool. And I was like, man, this music is so upbeat and fun and it just gets you moving in a good positive way Um, that I was like, man, it'd be so cool if you could mix ska music with that and i get some of those horns in there it's upbeat uh, i feel like the tempos are very similar okay. and unfortunately it doesn't exist it doesn't exist exactly well that i mean that's a project for us <laughs> yeah well i found a similar one so ska obviously builds off a of reggae yeah and um there is reggae drum and bass oh, okay. and it's called jungle and it is fantastic it just you have some of the reggae vibes and then you get these drum beats that are just electric and they just move you in such a good way it was really fun just kind of exploring that and then that took me to a new genre a genre that I didn't realize had a name until I until I realized it was staring me in the face the whole time I've been listening to country music mixes (laughs) you're right it was country music all along I I wish someone would have just told me that name I would have been like yeah you know what the guitar they got a fiddle sometimes like that's lit um no there's a so i've been listening to this youtube series called trapping in japan for a really really long time and it's, it's like lo-fi but like lo-fi trap music and i'm like okay this is this is very vibey and um cool little rap snippets from popular songs thrown in there on loop and stuff and i was like wow this is really cool and i didn't realize that the videos have tagged the genre that it is. It's not lo-fi trap like I thought it was. It's a genre called funk. P-H-O-N-K. I think I would mentioned it to y'all yesterday. It is literally just like lo-fi trap beats. And there's a subgenre of it. If you guys have seen like any of those car drifting videos, we've got like the Tokyo Drift, like uh, doon, 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 yeah. doon. That's the whole genre. It's m- tons of songs just like that in different arrangements and everything. That's what I've been looking for my oh. whole life. I've been just like, this is it. This is the genre. Well, I'm glad you finally found I it. I was about to say. I you did. Know, this,
1: is, this is cause for celebration now. You've, it is. I know. you found your, your, your niche.
0: I can just now go and be like, who's new in the funk genre? Yeah. I'm like, what's going on here? And just look through and like, that's it. That's it. I found it. It's you, over. We can end the podcast, actually. <laughs> we, this was the whole yeah. purpose was music just discovering new music and we did it. Yeah. So. You
2: you are the funk funk version of me. You know, I'm the Texas country guy. I'll dude. tell you all the new Texas country stuff. Yeah. And I expect you to tell me all the new funk stuff. Oh, funk? Dude, Is crazy. it funk or funk? P H oh. O. It's funk. It funk.
0: funk. Yeah, And would be like, yeah, this dude... Uh, <laughs> it's
1: pretty funky.
0: <laughs> his name is Washboard, except all the vowels are Xs. And I was like, he just put out this new song called Elmo's Destruction. It was lit. You should check it out. It's 37 seconds long. Um, but, uh, no, yeah, no, it's, it's fun when you find a genre and you, you instantly click with it and you're like, this is it. This is what yeah. I've been looking for. Yeah. Um, it's like when... Um, you finally, like, have a way to explain the thing you do. Like, I know me and Riley have talked about, like, we'll have weird things that we do, and we're like, oh, that's this is called. Other people are like me. Yeah. I get a lot of those TikToks. Autism. Yeah, it's the tism. It's, it's, it's <laughs> the tism, 100%. Um, I saw one the other day. It was... Um, when you organize your food by favorite to least favorite, and I'm like, I do that. And I'm yeah. like, oh, that's the tism. I'm like, that's that's what it is. That's why I've been doing that my whole life.
2: I've tried to reverse that because I'm always disappointed at the end of the meal, and I want to be happy at the end, you
0: know? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, do you eat the least favorite first or the. I eat my favorite first. No, I'm sorry. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, I am opposite. Yeah, because I want to no. finish strong. Exactly. So. Get rid of the broccoli, stuff sometimes down your gullet. eat all the vegetables real but quick. But sometimes
2: what I'll do, like if it's like a Thanksgiving dinner, so like my favorite is uh, the sweet potato casserole and the mashed potatoes. Yeah. So, and my least favorite on the plate is always green beans. Fuck green beans. Yeah, fuck green beans, man. Uh, right? What? Depending on how they're cooked.
0: If it's bacon featuring green beans, Yes. That's cool. Yes. If it's
2: just green beans, I used to be a fan, but now I'm not. So what I'll do is I'll just get some mashed potatoes, get a couple green beans <laughs> and eat them at the same time. And it just completely washes out it. the green yeah. beans.
1: To be fair, that's a, that's a really like good to way to fair. do that. Yeah. So like if I have like corn and like green beans on my plate and with mashed potatoes, I like corn, I like green beans, but easiest way for me to eat them is get a bite of fucking
0: mashed potatoes with yeah.
2: them. Because so. the mashed potatoes just completely mask everything.
0: No, 100%. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad you guys both understand that, yeah, they're, they're very weird eating habits. Yeah. But for me, I've surrounded myself with people who also have similar weird quirks. So I'm like, oh, it must be normal. It's not. We are not normal people. <laughs> no. <laughs> normal <I've... laughs> people just consume the food. They're just like, yeah, I just eat the fries and the burger. What do you mean you eat all the fries first? I'm like.
2: You have to eat the fries first. What the yeah, fuck are you ex- doing? Exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> cold fries at the end of the meal garbage yeah gotta eat them hot when they're fresh
2: no i'm i've always realized that we're weird whenever we go into public and i see people doing stuff and i'm like what the fuck are they doing and then (laughs) everyone else is doing it and we're just at our table doing our weird thing (laughs) i'm like these fucking people are weird as shit i don't know what the other 99 percent of the world is doing right now but they're weird i'm not weird they're weird
0: yeah no it's not me it's you I think this is why we get so many like the keep Austin weird. It's like, yeah, you just be a weirdo. Just, yeah. Just be, keep being a weirdo.
2: Yeah. Keep doing whatever the fuck weird thing you do. So,
0: know. so it's, yeah, you're right. It is weird when you meet someone who is like perfectly neurotypical and there's nothing wrong with them. They function as normal. They're like, this is the thing I want to do. So I did the thing. And I was yeah. like, You don't have to, like, motivate yourself or, like, build up the courage to do it. You don't have to
2: sit in bed for an hour and try to will yourself to do that thing. Exactly. It's
0: like, yeah, no, I just woke up uh, when I normally wake up at and I got up and got ready and I did the thing. And then I went home and I did this extra thing. I was like, how? How did you do that?
1: See, my (laughs) thing is, like, I do do one thing and I'm like, I'm so exhausted from that. I'm going to reward myself
0: now with just laying in bed. Yeah. Dude, I... (laughs) I don't I don't argue it as exhausted. I just go, I need the reward. Okay, yes. like, okay, you must receive a reward for task completion. Yes. To motivate yourself to the next task. Yeah. Um Yeah, and I yeah, it's weird when you meet people who are just you don't their brain doesn't function on that same wavelength.
1: There's there was one thing I was doing for a while, like when we first moved in, because there were so many things that I felt like I wanted to get done with the house. So I would reward myself. With doing something else that was just a little less stressful than what I just did, got done doing. So I was like, oh, you know, like let's say I had to sweep up the floors and then mop them and everything. And I was like, well, I'm going to reward myself with folding some clothes. And I'd be like, oh, like at the end of it, I'd be like, oh, I got all this done. And I would just like lay in bed, like, I don't want to do anything ever again yeah. after that.
0: <laughs> no, I, so the way I kind of go about my chores is that, so now that I have kind of my setup here, is if i sit at my desk another a new task is not going to get started i will grab my phone and go to tiktok i will start a youtube video tasks will not get completed so when i come home and i'm like okay i need these three tasks done i have to go okay you cannot sit down until you at least complete the first task i complete the first task and it's like okay you get to sit down that's how i get in trouble with like oh i'm supposed to do that is getting to the second task yeah yeah so sometimes if I really need to get stuff done, I just go, all right, no sitting down. Let's just knock these out and then you can enjoy the rest of your day.
2: I'll do that at work a lot where like I, there's a lot of different, uh, I guess, levels to what we do. So, you know, I do one thing and I'm like, oh, I deserve a 30-minute break. And then I do the next <laughs> thing and I'm like, another 30-minute break. And then all of a sudden it's 4.30 and I'm like, I'm supposed to be out of here in an hour. <laughs> like, what <laughs> the fuck am I doing? <laughs> I have realized that if I just do everything in order and like right away, I get done at like two instead of, you know, rushing to get it done at the end. But I'm like, you know, that just doesn't feel as satisfying.
0: No, I, yeah, it's, it's weird. Like I feel, okay. So I guess my brain works in that I like to have all my reward. I sometimes will stack rewards and this is going to sound weird and I'm going to try to explain what I mean by that is let's say I have three tasks to complete in a day. So I get home from work and I know in my head I have about six hours of free time or so and I can use that free time however I want. (coughs) I will try to stack all the stuff I don't want to do right at the beginning of it so the back half of the day is all free time, complete free time. I feel no guilt for watching YouTube videos or playing video games or just sitting on TikTok or whatever. So I will stack, I will force myself to get through a whole bunch of stuff all in a small amount of time. So I can maximize the amount of like enjoyable time I have within a given day uh, rather than space things out. Cause then I feel like the day is never ending. Yeah. So it's like, all spent doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel guilty sometimes when I'm like relaxing or enjoying I'm like I was supposed to get up and do this thing. And so I'd rather just stack all of it right at the beginning. Let's knock it all out. And then rest of the day is enjoyment time.
1: Yeah, the, the bad habit I've gotten into,
0: and which is why
1: I've, been so uh, lax with getting shit done recently around the houses. I'm like, okay, I've got the day to do this, and then I'll go. All right. So by two o'clock, that's the end of your free time. Then you have to start and get going. And then by six, you'll be you'll be done with everything. You've got more free time until something else comes up. And then it'll be two, and I'll go. Well, what's the problem with 2.30? Like, why did we set it to 2? And then I'm like, holy shit, it's 5 o'clock, and I've done fuck all. The
0: day's gone, so I might as well just keep relaxing. Yeah, I'll wait till tomorrow. (laughs) I 100% think in the exact same way. And the way I've been training my brain to beat that, because it's so bad, I'll go, well, it's 2. It's now ticked over to 2.01. I now must set a new mark. That is now the time to be, and it's never close. Never like two o five. It's like okay two fifteen, yeah. and then two fifteen rolls around and go two thirty, rolls around three o'clock is fine. I do the exact same thing. I've removed the time altogether now to prevent me from doing that. I just go, you got to do it right now. You got you, 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 you got to do it. Doesn't matter what time it is. What time you said you were gonna do it? You just gotta get up. You just gotta do it. And I stop looking at the clock because I'll I'll do that and I'll make my way through the whole day and not get it done.
2: I do that when I try to wake up in the morning. I set my alarm for 625 and I'm like 630 and then (laughs) it's nothing like five extra minutes is fucking nothing. Yeah, I get to 630 and I'm like, I'll get up at 635 and then all of a sudden at 640. I'm like, I'm late now. So
1: but see, you know, where where that's fucked me is I do that at work and that's actually what helps me get through my heavy workload very quickly is I'll be like, okay, hey, if I'm done with this much at this time, like I'm in a good spot and I can even dial it back a little bit and I would still get done at this time. Then all of a sudden, boom, I've run through my whole day's worth of work. I'm supposed to get off at 930 and I'm literally in my car driving back home at seven, seven 30. So it works for me at work. Here it does not work for me that same way. Yeah. I'm like, nope. I I have to switch tactics
0: or something. I'd say yeah.
2: that removing the time is definitely a good tactic.
0: Like I need to just like, if there was a way to set an alarm and not have time attached to it. And I know that sounds like the dumbest idea ever, but like, literally, I just want to ring. Don't flash three thirty to me. Yeah. Just be like, get just flash, get up. Yeah. It's like don't just hide the time from me, and then I just need to go. Oh, fuck, it's time to go. I called
2: Tim Cook about that.
0: Dude, yeah, I'd be like, hey, can we remove the clocks from the phones? Like, (laughs) just like, they're just unnecessary. I
2: don't need need to know. I need to know that it's bright outside and then it's dark outside. (laughs) That's all I care about.
0: I need an alarm to tell me, hey, fucker, you need to get to work. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because, yeah, I'll do the same thing. I'll snooze my way through. Which, side story, do you guys want to know why uh, the snooze is nine minutes? Do you guys know why it's nine minutes, not ten? Or seven or eight or five or whatever. I think, I think mine's eight. Can't you? Eight. There's a
1: manual. There's a setting though. You can change that, can't you?
0: That may be new, but historically, snooze has always been nine minutes, even on like physical clocks. And there's a reason why on physical clocks it's always been nine minutes, because when they were first designing the alarm feature, like hey, let's have a set point at where it'll ring. And when they created the snooze button, they were like, all right, well, let's just set it for a set amount of time. They couldn't find the gears to make it work out, to make it 10 minutes. So they were like, well, we can do nine minutes or we can do 12 minutes. And they're like, well, 12 is awkward. So fuck it. We'll make it nine. And just that's what it'll be. And so even on our digital fucking phones, it is still a nine minute snooze. And I believe now I'm sure you can update it and change it. But as a standard, a snooze is nine minutes. It's interesting. Yeah, sure. they just couldn't get the fucking gears to work out to where like, oh, yeah, this it'll be 10 minutes. You were the king of random fucking facts. <laughs> this is what I spend my time on TikTok doing and what I spend my time watching YouTube.
2: I love it. I feel like every t- every day when I come home, I learn something <laughs> new. Something that I never even thought about. I'd never thought about why the fuck it's 9 minutes, but you just told me and now I'm going to know that for the rest of my life. I was oh, to say, 100%. That,
1: just that off the wall like thing right there. Yeah. That is going to stick in my head for Yeah. And I'm going to I probably will tell someone that on like like they did not ask for that information. Just no. like, "Hey, do you want to know something crazy about the snooze?" button?
2: I'm I'm going to run in the middle of the road and stop <laughs> someone. "Do you know why it's 9 minutes?"
0: <laughs> Dude, I just uh do I come I come prepared. That's how you get good at trivia. You just learn random facts. Yeah. Like, did you know? So, are you guys familiar with Danny Elfman, the composer?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. Who's the Star Wars, right?
0: N- or uh, no, not Star Wars. That was John Williams. John Williams.
2: <laughs> he was. Oh, he he was the one that did like Nightmare Before Christmas, right? Correct. That shit. Uh, yeah. He did pretty yeah, much yeah, yeah. every yeah.
0: Tim Burton movie. Yeah. He did uh, a That's lot of the original Batman. I knew it was
2: a big movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, one.
0: he's composed like over a hundred movies, and they're all like a hundred a bangers of movie, like great fucking fantastic movies like every Tim Burton fo- movie didn't
2: he do nightmare before, or the what's the song this is uh
0: fuck. this is Halloween this, this is, is Halloween, Halloween. yeah, didn't yeah he he Did he do that at Coachella or some shit so he was recently at Coachella he did perform and uh I learned recently that Danny Elfman if you guys are not familiar with the band Oingo Boingo he was actually the lead singer of Oingo Boingo um they're most notably known for two songs, Dead Man's Party, which is a new wave song that you may not have heard of, but the song you may know is Weird Science from the movie Weird Science. Interesting. Um, Ongo Bongo did both of those songs, and uh, Danny Elfman was a fucking lead singer on that band, and then all of a sudden he decided, hey, I'm going to start composing music for movies, and uh, he just jumped ship, and now he's a composer. Well, I think Sorry there to was... derail your story. No, 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 you're... no it's perfectly fine, because it... it that's the thing. If you saw him at Coachella, he's absolutely ripped. He's yeah. tatted up. Um, he grew out his hair. He's ginger. Just like you, and he's got Woo, crazy disgusting. long hair. Hey, fuck you, man. Um, Probably kill him. But he's like, I don't even know how old Danny Elfman is. But uh, yeah, man, guy's a baller. Like John Williams, guy's like 90 years old, almost dead. Like he just sits up here. He waves his wand. Danny Elfman's rocking guitar out <laughs> oh, here. <yeah. laughs> he's singing. You know, more power to him. I feel like I have more respect for Danny Elfman now. I love Danny Elfman. He's got literally. You've seen every one of his movies, probably, because they're he's done so many. But I was like, I always love learning little musical facts too. Of like, oh, this guy was the lead singer here, and he's the guitarist over here. The classic one that most people know is uh, Dave Grohl was the drummer for yeah. Nirvana, and now he's lead singer of Foo Fighters, um, or the band creator of uh, the Foo Fighters. Love when bands you know all come together and they make side groups and stuff. It's always interesting to learn about. It's just crazy that, like, I mean, he was,
2: you know, just this random drummer in Nirvana, and all of a sudden he's the fucking lead singer and, I guess, rhythm guitarist of fucking Foo Fighters. It's a crazy transformation. Because it's not like Nirvana didn't have any crazy, I mean, he is a great drummer, but they didn't have any crazy fucking rock drums on their albums for yeah. the most part. Mo- it was a lot of low-key kind of stuff. Uh, but now he's this hard fucking rocker for Foo Fighters, crazy long hair and shit. I don't know if you've seen the pictures yeah. of him with Nirvana. He <laughs> looked like a goddamn nerd with his turtleneck and no beard or anything.
0: Um, well, I know we've talked about before that TikTok account where they talk about drum beats. Like, this is how you could have done this drum beat for a song, and like, and this is how Dave Grohl did it, or this is how fucking they even have one for Ringo because yeah. it's showing that like, although we we dog on Ringo a lot. Um, you know, even the Beatles dogged on Ringo for being a shitty drummer. He was a very good drummer. He was a very good, he had, he had certain patterns that were like, whoa, most drummers wouldn't have thought of that pattern. and yeah. Wouldn't have done it that way. And, um, so the whole TikTok account is they do tons of those where it's like, this so-and-so would have did it. Um, and so there, you know, um, Dave girl did have a couple of cool things, but it's not, it's not like a heavy rock influence. It's yeah. just like a, well, I like that little pattern right there. It's a cool, cool, fun little pattern right there.
2: Um, it's R.I.P. Taylor Hawkins. Oh, yeah, as Fighters. well. That was super, super
0: yeah. sad to hear, man. Um, but yeah, I know because, uh, the food Fighters are on in the middle of tour. I think they're, they're, yeah. they're in the middle of, uh, of doing stuff. So yeah, super sad to hear that. Uh, which we didn't mention it last week as well. Last week was the fourth year anniversary for Avicii's death.
2: R.I.P. Avicii. Damn, already.
0: Yeah, man. He, uh, dude was legendary. <laughs> absolutely, man. Way ahead of his time. He just, um, it's it's sad the EDM scene fucking booed the shit out of him when he first came out with a lot of his newer stuff. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't until um, people caught on there was like, whoa, this shit's actually really good. I'm like, yeah. yeah, it's fucking banging. Like, it's fucking... It's not only, like, popular on the radio, but, like, it's popular everywhere. It's just... Yeah, it was just awesome. five
2: years earlier than you expected it,
0: so... Exactly. Which, are there any artists in your head that you feel like, I know we're going to get Noah Khan, Noah Khan, <laughs> Noah That Khan. you feel <laughs> like... This artist is right on the cusp of really, really popping off right now. Is there any, any people you've been listening to recently where you're just like, all right, someone someone at Interscope needs to listen to this fucker?
2: Well, there are. I mean, like, Charlie Crockett, I think, is a good example yeah, I of... Yeah. I mean, he's old school. Like, his whole vibe is, you know, fucking 60s, 70s kind of country. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he's someone that could do really well on the radio, some of his songs. Uh, I think uh, another good... Uh, John Bellion, I think, I mean, he's, touring-wise, he's huge. He always has some of the biggest tours. He has a yeah. very uh, rabid fan base. But I think he doesn't get a lot of airplay on the radio, and I that should change. Uh, I don't know why the fuck it hasn't changed, but he's someone that I think can be so much, he could be like Ed Sheeran level if he got yeah. airplay.
1: Oh, well, he's definitely got the fucking voice for it.
2: Yeah. Noah Khan. Con, Noah Khan's another guy. I don't oh, know if you've ever heard of him. I don't know if I've ever oh mentioned him. He just finished writing his folk album. I'm so excited for that.
0: Oh really? Is he almost done with that?
2: Yeah, he yeah, he just said he finished writing everything. They've already he's already started recording, so hopefully
1: this summer. I was about to say, is there a timeline for that that he's put out roughly?
2: No, he just keeps
0: teasing us. That's what she said. Yeah? Yeah. That, that would probably, work. That is what she said. It's weird uh, hearing from you about um, Noah Khan teasing music because for him, it's not like he's touring currently. Yeah. So he's not like, oh, let me try out this unreleased track real quick. You're, where the DJ, a DJ's touring almost constantly. So anytime they're working on a new song or they have a new song coming up, they're going to play it. And people are instantly going to go, hey, what's that song I've never heard before? Yeah. And they're going to, Most likely assume it's probably the artist. They have a new song coming up. Um, So for EDM, it's real easy to go. Could people immediately take out their phones and record and go, got this Skrillex ID. Like, is this going to be off the new album or is this blah, blah, blah. But for Noah Khan, like for a traditional artist, that doesn't really happen. You just kind of have to wait and see.
2: Well, and the good thing about him is since he is very small still, uh, I mean, there's probably not a huge collection of hardcore noah Conn fans uh, <laughs> but he streams on you know instagram a lot uh he'll you know play a snippet of a new song that he just wrote or a new chorus that he just wrote or whatever and then that's it you don't hear it again until the album comes out
0: yeah cuz like like we've talked about before uh Alice in Wonderland has her album coming out next week and uh I probably know it I probably have heard every song on there already i just haven't realized it yet yeah. and uh just because i know i'm like oh she had this mix out and it's an alice in wonderland id and no one knows the name of it it's like well it's probably one of these seven unreleased songs um yeah for noah Kahn, yeah. yeah. um which I, I don't know if i talked about it last week no i don't think i talked about it last week so alice in wonderland on her burner account uh tweeted on i think monday or tuesday she was like Hey, so like, uh, you should probably be on Discord at like four o'clock. Like, that'd be a good idea. And I and I was like, oh, I was like, I wonder what's going on. And uh, she played out the whole album and talked about every track and like just did a Q and A with the people there in their Discord. I'm like, dude, that's fucking dope. Like, that's so awesome. Like, it's kind of just like, doing your thing. You just want to show off your music.
1: I'm like, there's a there's one artist that I think would it would be really awesome to hear more music from because this guy's only got two songs. Uh, Evan Honer. Uh, Oh, he's great! I love him. Literally, just two songs—one in a single in 2021, and a single uh, this year—but um, both of them, like you could, you could play on repeat for like ever, like the whole day. Like you could just be repeating those two songs. Would really like to see this man drop some more music, like yeah. quickly, like an album at least, just one album. Just give us a little bit because uh, <laughs> you, you just, uh, you kind of melt into the music, yeah, with him, like the way the way his, the songs play, you. Vibey, I guess, would be the word for that.
2: Vibey and, uh, I, I mean, typical with a lot of, it's not, I mean, it's Texas country, but it's more acoustic, It's more of like a Zach Bryan vibe where it's very lyrically focused. Uh, so you have, uh, it's a good rhythm behind it, but it's a heavy draw on the lyrics.
0: Yeah. Did you have a social media presence? Not a huge one. Yeah, no, very small. Probably like,
2: <laughs> probably a few thousand followers or something.
0: Like, dude is a,
1: I'd never heard of this person until Riley was like, hey, you should listen to this guy. He's got two songs. Um, I was like, okay. Yeah, Evan Hunter Music,
0: 697 <laughs> followers. <laughs> Wait, 697 followers? Yeah,
1: and then there's the other one where it's actually, I guess his account, it's uh, 5,800. Okay very very small okay but uh would like to see more music out of him
0: i'm always curious so i got into a little bit of a tiktok hole literally today like before we started recording that was uh very interesting like i literally was like i just want to watch you know tiktok an artist can make a playlist of like videos that are all in a series yeah i never go to a playlist like I'll be like, nah, maybe I'll check out one more in a current series if I like the series, but never have I ever scrolled through a full playlist and been like, I need to see every TikTok. There was one this guy uh, did where the premise is uh, no one is self-made, no one is just you know done everything by themselves and become famous and successful. Yeah,
2: no, you have to have those kind of. You have to have it's a little bit of luck, a little bit of hard work, and then a little bit of knowing people. Yeah, meeting was
0: huge. Yeah, and it, he focused uh, some on on actors and stuff, but mostly on musicians. Yeah, and it was so many musicians were like, "Oh man, they, you know, uh, they worked hard and they did it, and they they happened to be heard by the right person, and it all worked out." Um, not almost every single person was like, they came from money, they they had the ability to to do their thing and work on their craft and become successful. Um, and the one thing he kept trying to preach was that these people are not, not successful or not talented. They are super talented, Yeah. but the reason why they've been able to reach certain levels was they never had to worry about, oh, I got to work a job. I got to worry about rent bills. This. They were just so wealthy that, oh, I needed to get this or I need to do that. I got to travel here, travel there. They were just able to do it. So yeah. they were had all the time in the world to work that,
2: on their stuff. That's where I think uh, musically it differs a lot from pop to country, uh, especially in kind of these underground country scenes like Texas, Oklahoma, you know, Kentucky. Uh, uh, Cody Johnson, uh, he's a rodeo cowboy. I believe he, I don't know if it was him or another guy. I'm getting confused. But I think he worked at a prison for a little bit as a prison guard. But when he was doing the rodeos, he would just, you know, hand out CDs. Chris Ledoux did the same thing. Um, just hand out CDs, you know, play in small bars or whatever around Texas, and eventually someone hears you, and they're like, oh, you're pretty fucking good. Yeah. Start playing these big rodeos and start blowing up.
1: That's the thing, too. So, like, even if you do have to, like, work a job or something, you're probably going to be playing your music at that restaurant or something like that because that's a place where, like, you know, you've got a lot of, uh, you know, people there or something. You know, you ask the manager. There's always going to be someone that's going to give you that chance, you know. So, Yeah. yeah, sure, you, like you made it yourself in the sense that like you had to go out there put in the work for that but at the same time someone could have just easily been like oh you want to play here go fuck yourself yeah, yeah. like someone like you got to get that chance from someone else like that's got to come from someone mm-hmm. cuz obviously that's where you're trying to you got to get through them to get to where you're going you can't just be like hey i'm a you know i'm a nashville legend no you're not you got to play at all these places you got to get approval yeah. from these from these guys you know you got to get you know you ask these guys, hey, can I, like, lease your uh, your amps and everything? Yeah, sure, you can lease them for the night, you know, 100 bucks, something like that. Yeah. Everyone's going to help you out along the way. So there's a lot yeah. of people that, you know, you always got to look back and think and type thing. There's a great, uh,
2: uh, There's a, a great. so Chris Christopherson, he's a country music legend. I think he's an actor for a little bit as well. But he, uh, he got his big break. He wrote a song called Sunday Morning Coming Down. It's a very popular Johnny Cash song. He made it famous, but Chris Christofferson wrote it, sent it in to Johnny Cash, when Johnny Cash had the Johnny Cash show. Sent it in and was like, could, could you play this? Could you record this for me? Like, I, I think it's a great song, and he read it, recorded it, and it took off, and that kind of helped Chris Christofferson blow up. He started touring with Johnny Cash, and then they, form, they formed the Highwaymen with Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings his career just took off from there but it was all i mean he did the work he wrote the song but johnny cash helped him get to that level
0: yeah and that's what the purpose of the series was that no one is self-made like you it requires a community made thing is what he liked to call it is that yes you got to put in the work and do the thing but you do need someone to be you need a gatekeeper to essentially let you in yes give you a chance put your foot in the door and then you got to run with that um but just kind of even like you know uh people like Eminem where Eminem was struggling trying to just you know pay bills and everything and trying to do his thing but it wasn't until there was some guy who who had heard him at the the LA rap battle who then pushed it onto Dre yeah uh, and that's when Dre was like yo this kid's really fucking special where we and he's got the story and everything like we can run with this and that's why Eminem always credits Dre as like without Dre listening to his music and being and taking a chance on him a calculated chance yeah um we wouldn't or, have Eminem
1: how many fucking songs have they literally brought that up you know like yeah. there's multiple songs just yeah. dedic- like straight verses where they're doctor. dedicating you know yeah.
2: but uh i mean even i mean how many executives did eminem give his you know demos to that they were just mm-hmm. like you know no one's gonna listen to this white boy yeah i like guess then dre was finally like i'll listen to you i'll listen to this white boy
0: well apparently as the story goes one of the reasons why uh dre felt like the market was due for a white rapper was coming off of back in the night in the early 90s with uh vanilla ice yeah that he was like I think the market needs a white rapper. I think, and that's one of the things where he was like, this guy's so talented. It, it was, it, for him, it felt, it probably felt like a, this is a done deal. Yeah. Like, if this guy's doing this already, let's just put more resources to him. He's probably going to just keep putting out bangers. He's going to just get better and better. And um, it fucking worked out. It was just like, you know. Those, the, those are
2: great, great stories in music.
0: Yeah. That, I don't know. There's
2: a there's a lot of those that I love, a lot of artists that I love that they're just like you know about to give up, and then all of a sudden someone took a chance, and now they're fucking huge. Well, yeah, because
1: you don't want to hear about the yeah. I grew up in a you know middle class suburban uh, you know neighborhood. Um, went to a private school. Uh, unless, well, unless
2: it's Lil Dicky. <laughs> That's Lil Dicky's whole thing. <laughs> well, but then his thing too
1: is like he he doesn't do it the normal way, you know. Like he yeah. was like, well, I have no background, like no backstory, so I've got to jump onto the scene and make it just splash. Yeah. So that's where he took it and made it unique, you know? That is his backstory, I guess, if you will. Coming onto the scene and doing something
0: that no one was like, What the fuck are you doing, my guy? Yeah. Yeah. There was a. I got into the series because there was a TikTok about this girl. I'd never heard of this girl. But once I heard her story, I was like, Ah, okay. Her name is Ava Maybe She's, I guess, one of the people who's getting close to winning American Idol or probably already won American Mm -hmm. Idol at this point. And um, her whole story was, yeah, you know, I just, you know, was always working on my music and doing this and that. And I just, you know, just trying to like focus on me and like doing my thing. And I was like, well, why are you focusing on doing on your thing specifically? Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Well, her dad's Chad Smith. Okay. So yeah. she she had been trying to distance herself from her dad to be like, he didn't help me and like, I'm doing this myself. And I, whatever. Didn't, I didn't
2: grow up around the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> I didn't grow up around the, one of the greatest alternative rock bands yeah. of all time. And so it's one of those where I was just like, well, you had all the resources to work yeah. on this and get coaching and everything. Yeah. Like there's a reason why your voice is so good. You may
2: be great. Right. Like you, again, you still have to have that talent to get there. Yeah. But I, I mean, accept the help, like accept the fact that yes, I got help. I was yeah. lucky and now I'm here. Yeah. It's not a bad thing.
0: Yeah, but like you said, you have to have the talent, though, still. You, that's yeah. what the guy kept saying. is like, these people are still super fucking talented. They just were very fortunate with the situation they were put at. I think that really just plays
1: into, like, the early stages of their career. You know, like, early on, they don't want to hear, oh, well, you're only getting this opportunity because of this. So okay. that's why they're like, oh, I want to distance myself from this. Yeah. Because I want to be able to be like, hey, no, I, I – like – if I was in your shoes I still would have been able to do it. That's how that's how good I am at my craft. Yeah. Uh El El King, uh she now she's a country uh, singer, but I don't know what exactly genre she considered herself before. But she's the from daughter top. of Rob Schneider. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um and so I didn't she, know that. yeah, she was like, I don't want any kind of money to come my way from him. I don't want like his name to help yeah. me get to where I'm going. So she changed her name to King instead. Yeah. She took her mother's maiden name, I guess. Uh, but yeah like you know another story like that it's yeah. just
2: weird i mean accept your roots yeah right I mean, everyone has to have help not it's not easy to be successful you have to have the resources to be successful yeah otherwise everyone would be right so you got lucky with what situation you were born in or what you you know, came into yeah. uh, at the end of the day you're still a very talented individual oh, 100% and that's that's what you own you so you have to still be able to admit yes my dad is fucking chad smith yeah <laughs> i grew up you know going on tour with i didn't live purpose. a normal
0: childhood yeah. <laughs> you know
1: i think uh, i think Shaq's taking a very good parental approach to that so he said he's like my kids are gonna have to work for like what they got i'll help them mm-hmm. but i'm not just gonna go and hand them anything like yeah, yeah. obviously when I help them, you know, a parent helping their kid go to college, they're going to give them a couple thousand dollars or whatever, mm-hmm. maybe pay for the first semester. I can help them in different ways, you know, like, yeah. yes, I could pay for their entire college. So, he, but he's like, I'm not just going to hand things to them. They got to work for it. You know, Yeah. if they want to make something of themselves, they do have to, but I'll still be able to help them because I'm fucking Shaquille O'Neal. Like, yeah, you know,
0: no, aw. I Sheck's feel just like, a great human. Yeah. Shaq's fantastic. And like, and he's just so multi-talented. I think it blows my mind the fact that he's not just a DJ, but a good DJ. Yeah, he's like, he's like a good like DJ. He's like Snoop Dogg. You know, he has his fucking hand in everything.
1: Yeah, literally, like you, you can't go anywhere without seeing a, a Shack advertisement for something that he, that he sponsored. You know, in Walmart, you know, his shoes are sold. At, like that's probably the most popular shoe I've seen in Walmart is yeah. the, the Shacks. You know, <laughs> I used to have a pair of Shacks. I did too, <laughs> and they're uh. very cheap which is very nice.
0: But I think that's like good parenting one-on-one. It's just like you want your kid to, for me, like I feel like I want my kid to do whatever it is they want to do, Yeah. but I will support them and be like, dude, you want to do fucking NASCAR? Cool. I'm going to do whatever it is yeah. to help you with that. Oh, you want to play golf? Awesome. Cool. It's awesome like when yeah. it's something you like too. Oh yeah. Cause it's like, sweet, let's go play golf. Like fucking let's go practice, whatever. We'll take you out there. Um. But yeah, I kind of, you, know, you just want to support them, but you don't want to like, fucking hand him everything yeah no. so. yeah so but it was just a really interesting series and there was just so many names on that list and going through all of it. and i wish i i could remember every detail because like you have taylor swift ariana grande ed sheeran um I'm trying to think of some. there was some other uh the whole fucking band mumford and sons <laughs> they all grew up privileged like they went to private schools that, that makes sense Oh, Arcade Fire, 100%. They're oh, all yeah. private school, super fucking rich, wealthy motherfuckers.
2: Some of those bands, I mean, you know, you, I love Mumford & Sons. Uh, yeah. But, like, you could definitely hear in their music, you're like, these are some privileged motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> these guys went to Oxford or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> their dads paid for it.
0: Yeah. No, 100%. So there's uh, there was a lot of bands like Lana Del Because there's some artists that just suddenly appear. And they're just like, well, how did you get here? And I was like, well, they spent their whole life practicing music. They knew music was their talent, and so they spent their whole life practicing music. Yes. And then when it was time to drop the album, it was time to drop the album. it's like, wow, this, this artist is so great. They came from nowhere. I mean, that's what,
2: I mean, Elton John, he didn't have the greatest childhood, but you know, his parents still put him into classical piano training or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where he got his start and then turned into Elton John,
0: but it's funny how many artists that you learn are classically trained. And I'm just like, wow, you must've been rich because that's not something normal people do. Yeah, it yeah, like, it all. Um, <laughs> but like, I learned like even Adam Levine, Adam Levine also, um, his mom, I forget is someone's uh, really high up. C- she's a CEO of like a major company. And I was like, ah, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. That makes sense.
2: I know. I mean, Brennan Yuri grew up, you know, in an upper middle class family. And I think it was, I think it, he grew up in Las Vegas, <laughs> mm-hmm. but he was, it was Mormon family, but it was, like, upper-middle-class, like, you know. Yeah. Very typical family. And then he was like, oh, I'm going to do this fucking alt-pop-punk-whatever <laughs> thing that I'm going to do. <laughs> and,
0: but, no, yeah, I was, I was super curious to to learn more about artists and stuff and where they come from and, like... And then you follow up now is, like, removing all the resources stuff and, you know, how they got to where they got. But I want to also ask sometimes, like, Why? why'd you do music? Like what, like what was your inspiration? I always want to know that about artists is like, who was, was there a certain, a song or a certain genre or a moment where you like, man, this is, I want to do this. I want to do music too. Um, I know someone of my age, I grew up listening to a lot of Skrillex and a lot of the DJs that I've learned that are around my age. They all point back to yeah, Skrillex is the inspiration. Even if they don't make the same type of music as him, they still go, when I heard Skrillex in 2010, that was the moment I knew I wanted to make electronic. And it's, yeah. it's so crazy how many people that he has inspired uh, in the electronic genre just on his own. But, well, we are getting close to time here. Uh, it's a little bit of a shorter episode today. Uh, like we said at the top of the show, uh, the NFL draft is going on. So we definitely want to want to catch some of that. Uh, So that's getting ready to start. But do you guys have any final notes before we close up here?
2: Angels are winning the World Series. Raiders are winning the Super Bowl. Lakers next year win the championship. I'm calling it. We're going for a fucking three-peat right here.
1: The
0: Lakers got to just win games. So (laughs) one of
1: the three things that Riley said were correct. The Lakers will win the championship this upcoming season. Um, However, the Chiefs will be going back to the Super Bowl for the third time in four years, um, winning – uh, the Cardinals, being you know one of baseball's favorite teams, are going to you know win the World Series this year. So,
2: just I do have one serious thing to add. Go listen to Paul Coffin. He's fucking fantastic. I just he's I guess sort of big, uh, not really, but fucking fantastic singer. Love his vibe. Very uh, I don't know how to explain it. Country, a little bit of funk, a little bit of alt rock. Like just very, not funk but funk yeah, funk yeah, yeah, yeah f f-u-n-k he, he
0: was super cool because you showed him to me last week and yeah. he was fire yeah very he, good
2: uh go check him out uh cocaine country dancing is a fantastic song
0: alternative country i would uh, yeah. maybe uh we can use yeah he's like if you listen to just the instrumentals it would be like oh, there's an instrumental for an MGMT song yeah. or a fucking Foster the People song. Yeah. And then it, then you hear his voice and go, wow, yeah. that's a Cody Johnson song or something. I think <laughs> like, I, like, <laughs> I, I
2: described his voice to uh, our very good friend, uh, old member of the podcast, Noah. I said he sounds like a mixture of like Elvis Presley and Johnny Cash. Uh, that very deep kind of swinging voice. Uh, yeah. He's fantastic, though. Check him out.
0: Um, but, um, but yeah, no, super awesome. Uh, I really liked him and he's someone I need to add. I like that album you showed me. I need to add that to, uh, mm-hmm. into what I'm listening to in my rotation right now, but that's going to do it for us, uh, here at riffs on tap. That was episode number 42. If you like what you heard, if you'd like to hear more, you can head on over to riffsontap.com That's riffsontap.com Uh, where you can find all of our previous episodes on our different platforms, as well as, uh, our playlist of music, Uh, where we always are kind of keeping it updated with new stuff we're listening to. Uh, I know I've got some funk tracks to add to there. Uh, We do have to add some of the new music that Riley's talked about, uh, as well as Brock. Really cool stuff in there. It's a good mix of music right now. Um, But that'll do it from here for us here at Riffs on Tap. We thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.